there, spooky friends, and welcome to another episode of Storytime with the Scariest Podcast. Ooh. I'm Robin Grace, this is Adam Diaz. Hello. And this week we're back with another set of homegrown horrors. Adam, why don't you tell us what those are? Homegrown horrors are the wonderful stories that have been sent to us by you, the listener or viewer, depending on where you're joining us. And they can be stories that are supernatural, paranormal, coincidental, sometimes spiritual, sometimes uh, extraterrestrial or true crime in nature. And Robin, if someone had a story like that, where could they send it? You can send it to our email, storytimescariest.com. You can also go to our website. Scariest.com. I was making sure I said storytime at scariest.com. I said that, right? You did. Okay. Uh, you can go to our website, scariest.com. Uh, those are where you send our emails. And there's a contact us page on Scariest. You contact us through there. <laughs> you fill out the form. It goes to us there. Indeed. So however you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, I am recovering, but I'm a lot better than I was two days ago when we recorded the topic episode. So thank goodness for that. Uh, and now that I feeling, I'm feeling better, I do want to address something. So we've had a rough 2020 as just a human race. We've had a rough 2021. So there's certain things that I've kind of just not gone and talked about, but I think it's very important that we broach the subject, something we used to talk about. Uh, frequently on the show that Zabumafu isn't real. God damn it. He's... <laughs> Someone... If you don't know by now that that is a joke, <laughs> <laughs> there's something wrong. Okay. He obviously knows it's real. We obviously know it's real. Fuck, dude. It Stop. I just need it to just... point out that she's saying this because she's been programmed to say this. Shut what was What was actually really funny is when I was doing the Men in Black episode, I found out, I don't think I included this in the show, um, but I found that during one of the document leaks that have happened over the last 10, 15 years, because there's been a lot of them, uh, a bunch of governments have had uh, top secret documents that have been exposed. One of them was a PowerPoint presentation from a UK uh, organization that's essentially their CIA. And it was about misinformation and how to trick people into believing things that aren't true and how to trick people into believing things that are true aren't by sending out fake stuff to make it look fake. Um, and it, they had a bunch of different information on how to make UFOs look fake to discredit uh, sources and stuff like that, which I thought was really fascinating. But I didn't have like a good way to work it into my script. But there was a few slides on Zabumafu and it was called The Greatest Hoax Mankind Has Ever Created. So... I definitely wanted to bring that into the forefront of everyone's mind before we read four homegrown horrors tonight, which we are going to. Um, but yeah, fun stuff. It's a good way to start the show, I think. All right. So we're going to get into our first email of the up. show. What? Don't fuck it up. I won't. Jeez. Uh, and this one's subject is prophetic dreams. Uh, all right. And okay to read on the pod. It's always nice to see that in the subject line. And it starts out like this. Hello, Adam and Robin. Hello. Hello. That's us. I'm Robin. This is I'm Adam. Adam. I think. Uh, my name is Natalie. She, her. I mentioned in my last email how my grandma had this saying, quote, if I had been born a day earlier, I would have been born a witch. It's also something my mom often says because sometimes she had weird dreams and intuitions, but wasn't like a real clairvoyant or anything. So I don't have any specific instances of my grandmother's gifts because she died very young. I didn't get to meet her. It's a bummer. She got cancer. And because in those days, the family could choose not to tell the sick person when they had it. She didn't know and wasn't careful about screenings and stuff, so cancer came back, and she passed away. She was 33 when she passed away. My mom was 19. Uh, this one actually is a follow-up to one that was sent. Uh, I think like four or five of these actually got sent from Natalie like in a row, so we've been spreading them out throughout the last couple weeks. So if that sounds familiar, that is why. 
Uh, she was sick for a few years, and my mom, who was her oldest child, lived in a different city. Because my family was poor, neither my mom or my grandma had a phone in their house, so to communicate, they would call each other's neighbors and leave a message. All this to say, there wasn't an easy way for my mom to get updates on her. She also already had my two oldest sisters and was pregnant with her third when my grandma passed. My grandma was 29 when her first grandchild was born. Dang. Anyways... So my mom would have these dreams of my grandmother walking with my oldest sister by the hand. And when she woke up, she would know that her mom had taken a turn for the worse and that she needed to go see her. This happened multiple times throughout my grandma's illness, and she was never wrong about it. Another dream my mom frequently has is of her being pregnant or holding a baby. The first time she dreamt that she was pregnant, it turned out that one of my sisters was expecting her first child. After that, every time she dreamt of a baby or that she was pregnant, someone very close to her was pregnant. She accurately predicted all eight of my sister's pregnancies from three different sisters, as well as a few of my cousins. That's a lot of babies. As well as a few of my cousins, but only those of my dad's nieces that she's actually close to. And parentheses, emotionally, not physically, because a few were in Argentina while we live in the U.S., It doesn't happen with random people or relatives she's not close to. And again, she has never been wrong. She also sometimes dreams of a certain person that she hasn't seen or thought of in a while. And once she wakes up that day or in the next few days, that person will contact her or she will find out they passed away or had some important life event happen. She also sometimes gets feelings about certain things and will mention it and then be proven right. I unfortunately or fortunately didn't inherit these types of dreams but I did used to have a lot of deja vu as a kid. I never did anything with it, though, so maybe it's like Rachel Weiss and Constantine and I lost the powers. Only one of my sisters has inherited these dreams and feelings. The most recent of these happened just last year. Quick background, I have three sisters, only two are involved in the story, and to not confuse you guys with names and letters, I'm just going to call them Boring Sister and Special Sister. Though I love all three equally and don't really think my sister is boring, it's just easier to say it that way. So Boring Sister was in a church group and made lots of friends there. The group no longer exists, but she still hangs out with some, and all the family got to know them from birthday parties and the like. Special Sister has a few on Facebook, but is not really friends with them. Special Sister moved to Australia and is not really in contact with any of Boring Sister's friends other than the occasional Facebook comment. On to the story. One night, Special Sister has a weird dream about this woman she has never seen before. I don't remember the specifics of the dream, but she basically had this feeling that she was supposed to tell this woman to do something. She didn't know this woman at all, but she mentioned the dream to her mom and my sister and I over the next few days because it seemed significant. A few days later, Special Sister is browsing Facebook and she sees the woman from her dream. She was in a picture of one of Boring Sister's friends. She asked Boring Sister about the woman, but Boring Sister didn't know. I'm guessing because she's boring. She felt compelled to try to reach her, so she had Boring Sister call her friend and ask about the woman because she didn't know her well enough to ask her something like that. The friend had only recently become friends with the woman. Eventually, Witchy Sister. I guess we're calling her Witchy Sister now. I think there's Witchy Sister, Special Sister, and Boring Sister. There's three sisters. I think you're right. Eventually, Witchy Sister told Boring Sister the message, and Boring Sister passed it on to her friend, who passed it on to the woman. The woman had been going through a hard time and was touched to receive the message from whom she believed was a loved one who had passed. Special Sister often has feelings and dreams like this, but she doesn't consider herself psychic or anything like that. A possible downside to these abilities is that she used to have frequent episodes of sleep paralysis, and it was before sleep paralysis was common knowledge, like it is now. 
so she thought something was attached to her. Worst part was that it was the pervy kind of sleep paralysis, so she actually felt like something was on top of her and molesting her, and though she couldn't see it, she always felt like it was an old man. No one in my family is really into the occult or anything like that. Even though I've always been fascinated with everything weird and paranormal, I still don't want to try to tap into anything like spirit guides or Ouija boards, because my mom has always told us that once you open the door, you might not be able to close it. True. I do have a scary Ouija board that's not mine that might have resulted in a death, but I'll save that for another email. Holy shit. Hope you guys enjoyed the story, and I will be sending more soon. Love you, and thank you for all the work you do, Nat. Thank you so much, Nat, for sending that in. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary, the whole uh, Ouija boards thing. The fact that you have a story that may have resulted in someone's death is... Uh, terrifying absolutely the, uh, and that's why i never want to mess with one you know ouija boards or those games where you like try to get like where you put the pencils on top of each other and try to oh, get yeah. like the dousing yeah them. yeah yeah uh, big nopes i'm not into that but yeah i just can't wait to hear more of your stories uh and experiences that's great yeah thank you so much for sending that and i know you sent multiples and we really do appreciate that so we'll get to more of them in the next episode good stuff all right, I'm going to get into my first story of the episode, and it begins, hi, Robin and Adam. Hello. Hello. I'm Robin, he's Adam. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it every story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Imogen, uh, they, them. I've been listening to the podcast for about a year and a half, and I think it was finally time to send in my story. So, for the background, this series of events happened a while back when I first moved into the house that I live in now. I was about 13 or 14, I'm 18 now, when it was all going down, and I was a lot dumber then. <laughs> My house is very old, for the U.S. anyway. It's about 120 years old at the time Holy of writing. Holy shit. Uh, I come from a very religious background, specifically evangelical Christian, so I've always believed in ev- evil spirits, ghosts, demons, etc. Now, for the actual story. My friends and I, at our young ages, were very obsessed with the paranormal. We never actually tried to contact any spirits, but we towed the line. Then, weird stuff started to happen in my house. We never messed around in my house because my ultra-religious family would have freaked out. It started really small. Whenever I was in bed, I would hear the pages of books rustle. Which doesn't sound awful, except all the windows are closed and the fans were off. But it's an old house, so that's that one was easier to excuse. Then, books started to fall off my shelves. Your ghost just really wants to read. <laughs> That's so funny. I would wake up, and the books would be laying on the floor, without fail. And the books that fell always had something to do with ghosts, or had ghosts in the plot somewhere. But again, maybe that was just a coincidence, and the house was settling or something. But like I said, back then, I was pretty obsessed with the occult. So I wasn't taking a skeptical view of this at all. I was already damn near certain there was a ghost haunting me. So, to be 100%, I made a really dumb choice. I got out a Ouija board. Two Ouija board mentions in uh, two emails so far. I thought, well, if there is a ghost, I might as well figure out what they want with me. I also did this completely alone because I was already doing one dumb thing. Might as well do another. You know, in football, two wrongs make a redo. So I've taught her that. I'm so proud. <laughs> I sat on the floor of my bedroom and got the board out. Uh, I did the routine and said... <laughs> it doesn't say that. I'm just saying. There's quotes now. So I'm saying... I said, if there are any spirits here, please make yourselves known. Then I asked, are there any spirits here? 
As soon as the planchette started moving toward the yes, my cowardly ass chickened out. I was like, nope, and immediately closed the board, asking the spirits to please leave my room. Did you say goodbye, though? I also got rid of the board as soon as I could. Unfortunately, this is not where my misadventures end. A few days later, I was getting into bed. For reference, my bed is lofted, and it started violently shaking, as in I had to clutch the ladder in order to not fall off. I was like, oh, so the ghost is still here. Great. And then, in no certain terms, I said loudly and with as much courage as I could muster, get the fuck out of my room. And apparently it worked. Either that or there never was a ghost and it was my overactive imagination. (laughs) Maybe it was an earthquake. Either way, it makes a really good story. I hope you enjoyed. I love the podcast. You guys make my week so much better. I was going to say, never rule out the fact that it could have been an actual earthquake. (laughs) It could have been a real thing that happens, a natural phenomenon that caused stuff to shake. I was going to wonder whether or not it was just the bed or other things were shaking and you just focused in on the bed because... You had the ghost thing so strongly stuck in your head. Also, don't use a Ouija board alone. So thank you, Imogen, for sharing that story with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sending it in. Uh, I think it's weird that we had two Ouija board stories come in. So I'm thinking around this time, like two months ago, we had mention of or a Ouija board story. The first one wasn't necessarily a Ouija board story. They just said that I'll send in a Ouija board story next right yeah but they brought it up yeah which is my point i feel like it's that cyclical thing coming okay. back again so all right all right all either right, way all right, all right, really good right, story right. thank you so much for sending it in yeah so before we move into our next story we are going to take a really quick commercial break with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky <gasps> No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everyone, welcome to the other side of the episode. But before we get into the next email, I would like to take a moment for January Patreon push. Oh, because shit. Adam's sick and fuck him. <laughs> uh, January Patreon push is what we do every January where we promote our Patreon uh, and tell you guys a little bit more about it. There's a whole bunch of different tiers. Tiers start at a dollar at a dollar. You get ad-free episodes each week. We do voting. So if we have a bunch of topics we're trying to choose between, our adventure tier, which is a choose your own, own adventure tier, which is $3 and above, you get to actually help us choose uh, which topic you're going to hear the next week. So that's kind of cool. What to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we have, we have a $10 tier and a uh, 
$25 tier and a $50 tier. $250 um, tier if that tickles your if fancy. If you want to be a producer, $250. And uh, it's a monthly thing. You can also, um, you know, just check out all the extra stuff that we have posted there. Because I think we have some stupid clips of uh, Adam making songs from things that I say. <laughs> Or uh, we have extra story time episodes. We have a whole bunch of stuff. So if you folks want to head on over to Patreon, uh, go on over there. Patreon.com slash scarish podcast. Absolutely. Right on. Good stuff. What are you, some Starcraft? That's Jim Rainer? Like, <laughs> yep. All right. In the pipe. Five by five. Which is funny because that's actually an audio clip that they licensed from Aliens. That's what she says when she's going to pick them up. What? It's 100% a sound clip from Aliens that they put in because their design of the dropship looks so similar to the dropship from Aliens. Huh. Now you know. In case you never noticed that in StarCraft If you one, don't know now, you know. Huge fucking nerd. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, all right. Go ahead and uh, move us over there into the next email, Robin. All right. So, for my next story, this one is from one of our lovely spooky friends that we actually know in person. Uh, well, a couple of spooky friends that we know in person. And it begins, hi, Adam, Robin, Spooky Mom, and Spooky Fam. You guys are the Spooky Fam. We're Adam and Robin, and Spooky Mom is out there going, hi, I'm Spooky Mom. Uh, someone feed me my bucket of fish heads. They've been gone for two weeks. All right. So, it goes, I own a DeLorean. What? That's cool. Um, it's actually legitimately fucking cool. It looks sweet. It is. It's also, badass. please go to LasVegasDeLoreanRental.com if you're into renting a DeLorean for a few hours or for an event in your future. If you don't know um, what a DeLorean is, it's the time machine from Back to the Future. That that car from the 80s. He has that. That is a DeLorean and it's in great working shape. Yep. Um, it continues. I rent out my DeLorean for events in the Las Vegas area. Please refer to LasVegasDeLoreanRental.com. We do corporate events, 80s parties, conventions, etc. I frequently receive proposals for events, various events around town, some inquiries more serious than others. Uh, about two weeks ago, I received an information request via the website for the car to be filmed for a YouTube sci-fi series. I googled the contact and determined that the lead was legit and emailed the contact to give rates. He mentioned that they wanted a nighttime shoot in the Vegas area and sent me the script, and he quickly sent me a deposit. I didn't ask the filming location. He had mentioned previously that he wanted a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. shoot, but about a week before the filming date, he changed the time from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Thank goodness. As it turns out, we'll call the director, Jeremy, knows a mutual friend of mine, Stephen, with a P-H. Stephen. Stephen. I contacted Stephen... <laughs> I contacted Steven to see if this was true, and they indeed knew each other. This put me a little at ease, as I wasn't going to meet random strangers from the internet with a very rare and expensive classic car in the middle of the night somewhere in Vegas. On the night of the shooting, I discovered that the director, Jeremy, wanted to film on a dry lake bed about a half hour from Vegas. I also realized I was going to meet random strangers from the internet and asked my <laughs> husband, the snarked, if he would go with me in a separate vehicle. This served two purposes. One, an additional vehicle of the DeLorean broke down in the middle of the desert. And two, never go alone. I watch way too much true crime. <laughs> I met the director, Jeremy, at our meeting point at 7 p.m., the snarked in tow, and we carpooled to filming location. 
we left the bright Las Vegas lights behind and headed toward the darkness of the desert. We pulled off the highway and drove what seemed to be like forever past the Seven Magic Mountains into the darkness of a two-lane road. Nothing is creepier than a dark desert road at night. No traffic, complete darkness, not a soul in sight. This is how I get murdered, I thought, as we pulled off of the two-lane gravel road into the embankment. Jeremy thought this was the perfect place to film the scene. (laughs) A crashed DeLorean time machine in a dystopian future. I instructed Jeremy how to get in and out of the DeLorean and other minor notes. It filmed well, with a couple of takes for wide camera angles, close-ups, etc. The second cut was Jeremy, now a character in the dystopian future, being discovered and shot at by the local bad guys. Uh, One of the other actors, John, who I've been talking with off set near his caddy for the past ten minutes, realized that it was getting close to his scene and popped open the trunk. In the trunk were about four rifles. An old-school sniper rifle, no joke, an AR-15, a pistol, and an AK. I could tell by the movement of the slides that these were real. So let's pause for a second. I work in live theater, and the fatal shooting incident on the Rust set was less than two weeks ago. That was horrific, too. While I'm not an IATSE union member... Many of my friends are, and that union represents my industry. Many safety procedures were breached, and so much went wrong on that set. An experienced armor, poor weapons handling, bad communication. Sadly, this combination led to a fatality, but we are all still trying to figure out the details. Anyway, I made an offhanded rust joke to John, and he just continued to stare at the weapons. He cycled through the slides multiple times of all the weapons, checked the magazines, and gave it to his partner to check as well, all in front of me. This gave me confidence in his handling of the weapons. We proceeded with the scene, which involved the pointing of the weapons towards my precious DeLorean. I knew the weapons were safe, but still the incident on the rust set was in the back of my mind. My heart rate increased, but thankfully the filming was without incident and the final cut was successful. After that scene, Jeremy said that they had all that they needed with the DeLorean and they didn't need us anymore that evening. We quickly said our goodbyes and left back towards the bright lights of Las Vegas. Be careful on who you meet on the internet. They may have a trunk full of weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Keep on creeping on, Tan Lung and the Snart. Thank you so much for sending that story in. I remember when you messaged me about that, and you were like, this is where we're going in case we get Yeah, you're just like, oh, no. Um, I think that's freaking hilarious. I don't know how they got away with having all those weapons, but maybe they're licensed. Who knows? Um, That's absolutely terrifying. I wouldn't want to go into the desert. But driving out there, I've driven out there before to go shooting actual guns. Um And it is scary. It's a scary drive, especially at night because it's dusty. So all the dust is coming up from the drive because it's all gravel. It's not paved. Um, And I can't imagine going out there with a bunch of strangers practically, right? Um, It is especially dangerous, or excuse me, especially frightening when uh, Brett's driving, too. Because he drives fast. He does his rally car shit out there where it's just like, this is unnecessary. The car is filled with guns and ammunition. He's like, uh, what is it? Ricky Bobby is like, I want to go fast. Uh, But we're glad that you guys did not get murdered. (laughs) So thank you so much for sending that story in. That would have been a completely different topic if that were the case. I'm glad as well. You're not dead. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to go ahead and move into our last email of the show and avoid Robin's death threats. 
And this one's subject is episode nine, La Pasqualeta. I think I'm saying that right. Excuse my mispronunciation. Email starts out like this. Hi. 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 And everyone else has to yell hi. My name's Lizzie. I just started listening to your podcast and heard you guys mention La Pasqualeta. Pasqualita. Pasqualita. My bad. You're the... the, the, Just because I'm Puerto Rican doesn't mean I'm not fucking stupid, okay? Get off my back. I'm originally from Chihuahua, Chihuahua, and I've seen her before. We go downtown almost every time we go back to visit family and pass by La Popular, but we never stopped to really look at her until 2019, pre-pandemic. She's so lifelike. Isn't this the doll that's supposed to be haunted? It's not a doll. It is... Well, yes, it's a doll that looks like... She's the one that's dressed as a bride that they put in the window. Right. Um, and she she looks like a real person. Gotcha. Uh, she's so lifelike. I didn't think much of it before because I thought someone out there was just really good at making mannequins. But she creeped me out. She was in a wedding dress. And I remember looking down at her nails to see if they were fake. Because what artist doesn't struggle with hands? But the more I looked for details that would give it away, the more details I found down to nail beds and her fingerprints. Even the skin on her hands was dewy, and I don't know how anyone can make her look like that all day, much less for all these years. They say if you stand still and look at her for a long, long time, you can even start to see her breathing. That's scary. That's creepy as fuck. I thought you were going to say you'd scary. body swap with her or something like that. My parents, Freaky Friday. My parents really wanted to take a picture of us with her, but I thought it would be disrespectful. I don't oh. know how it would feel if I was stuck in a window all day, but I probably wouldn't be psyched about people taking pictures of me either. Anyway, I really like your podcast. Even when it creeps me out so bad, I have to find someone to keep me company. You're both really good at telling stories, and Robin is super funny. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thanks for reading, Lizzie. Lizzie, thank you so much for sending that in, and uh, you have no idea the arguments that we've had about who's funnier, so that really sucks. You said that, It's, it's funny, because it. earlier today, he was like, I hate you so much, <laughs> and I was just like, you hate me because I'm fucking funny. <laughs> like, and you're then not he's, fucking funny at all. <laughs> and he's like... You, I think it's funny that you think you're funny, and it's just, I'm, I'm fucking funny. <laughs> I think There's the no... confidence is funny, because it's funny, because she's not funny, but now you're saying she's funny, and now everything's fucked up, so it's been a really on-the-nose episode this time, but I really enjoy that. It's it's always fascinating, too, to hear people that have seen something that we've only told the story about, so uh, it's uh, also super cool that you didn't take a picture with her because you wanted to respect her. So or I appreciate that a lot. It, maybe it's just smart because what if you take a picture with her and then it's like. Comes home with you or some shit. Well, I was thinking like because you're both in the picture at the same time, she swaps with you. And then you're now La Pascua. Lots of body swapping theories here. But either way, thank you so much, Lizzie, for sending that in. We appreciate it. All right. So thank you to everyone who wrote in their stories tonight. We sincerely appreciate you. And to everyone who has listened or watched us live, we do record these things Wednesdays, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash Scarish or Twitch.tv slash Scarish podcast. Feel free to join us if you would like. It's always a good time. If you have a story that you'd like to send us, please email storytime at Scarish.com or go to our website, Scarish.com. Click on contact us, fill out that form. It comes directly to us. Or you can hit us up on our social medias. Facebook is Facebook.com. Slash Scarish Podcast. Twitter is at Scarish Pod and Instagram is at Scarish Podcast. Robin, for folks who would like to donate to us, you already told them about the Patreon, but why don't you go ahead and remind them of all the options we have? You can go to patreon.com slash Scarish Podcast. Those are monthly donations. Tiers start at $1 due. That's four quarters. That's a chocolate bar. Actually, I think a chocolate bar is like $125. That's like $125. Um, plus tax. Uh, if you have that four quarters, we're cheaper than chocolate bar. <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, we also have coffee for not into the monthly donation type thing. You can go to ko-fi.com slash scarishpodcast. Uh, and yeah, all your donations help us keep this podcast going uh, and supporting us and get us closer to making this something we do more often. Uh, thank you very much for everybody for sending your stories in this episode. We hope to get more of your experiences and weird creepy things that have happened to you like almost getting murdered by strangers in the desert what the fuck um but uh yeah thank you so much everybody for being here with us indeed that's everything we have for this episode of story time so send us on out keep on green and we'll talk to you guys later bye bye